This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from the book of Acts. The chapter is 17. The verses are 22 through 32. And the title of this week's lesson is Paul at the Areopagus. Remember that we are walking through the book of Acts and stopping at each of the sermons we find along the way. Uh, Peter, Stephen, Paul, all give us uh, beautifully crafted sermons regarding God's word and the hope of salvation found in Jesus Christ. So again, from the book of Acts, Chapter 17, the verses are 22 through 32 from the New King James Version of the Bible. The text reads, Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives life, he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are not, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by rising, raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed, among them Dionysus and Arabgite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Praise God's holy and divine word. Acts 17, verse 22. Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus. Here we have the Apostle Paul standing 
in the midst of the Athenians on the elevations the Romans referred to as Mars Hill with an attentive audience who had gathered to hear what this man had to say. Uh, the Athenian crowd, the men of Athens, were always interested in what they perceived to be uh, new philosophical perspectives. Paul had something greater for them. He begins to speak, and Paul begins by noting the population's obvious religious inclinations. The word religious in the Greek translates as fear of gods, reverencing the gods and divine things, as well as being careful and precise in the discharge of religious services. Paul had apparently walked throughout the city examining and reading inscriptions written upon the altars of the various deities. The people of Athens were careful to have altars of worship for every known deity. They had even erected an altar to the, quote, unknown God, unquote, so as to leave nothing out, no God out. The philosophers certainly did not deny the existence of God, yet seemed to have no true allegiance to any one deity. Verse 23, Paul explains to the people gathered that he will now set forth the identity and expectations of the one true God that they had erected an altar for and worshipped in ignorance. Verse 24, God who made the world and everything in it. Paul explains God to the Athenians by revealing that Jehovah is the originator or prime mover of all that exists. The Athenians were challenged to look in all directions and know that Jehovah God made all the eye could see. No doubt, that after these first few words, Paul had the attention of the crowd. Paul states that God is the Lord of heaven and earth. Not only is Jehovah God the creator of all things, but he is the Lord, the curios, the potentate, one who has power and position to rule over others, sovereign, supreme rank and power. The God that Paul reveals to the Athenians, is the creator of all that man knows. He does not live in temples made with hands, verse 24. Jeremiah wrote of God in Jeremiah 23, verse 24, Do I not fill heaven and earth? God dwells within man's heart rather than temples made by man's hand. Note, Ephesians 3 and verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, or 1 John 4 and verse 12. Notice verse 25 in our lesson. 
nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. God does not need men to serve him gifts or to provide food for him. God does not need man to construct with their hands a temple, an image of him, or new laws made up of their own mind. God is actually the one who helps man by meeting man's need for food, clothing, and shelter. God creates. He cannot be contained in a temple. God is self-sustaining, and he does not need man for his maintenance. Verse 25. He gives to all life, breath, and all things, Paul states. God needs no things from man to be sustained. However, man is in dire need of God for survival. God gives breath, life, and all blessings. Our sustenance comes from God. God created man, and man is completely dependent upon the Lord for life here and in eternity. Verse 26. And he has made from one blood every nation and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Every part of man's life is known and controlled by the providence of God. He, God, determines our appointed seasons and bounds of habitation. After an individual becomes aware of the gravitas of God, the seriousness of God, the Father, discernment dictates the necessity of seeking and heeding God. So after one comes to the conclusion of the power of God, the sustaining need that we have to heed God, uh, we would be inclined to follow what David wrote in Psalm 19, verse 7, 9, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Or as Paul writes in Romans 1 and verse 20, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. There is one sovereign God behind all these things. Verse 27, he is not far off from each one of us. Thank you, Father, for being close. Verse 28, for in him we live. God created all humanity and determines each person's boundary of age and geography 
Therefore, man, apart from God, will not exist. Paul states that we, that is, Christians, are the offspring of God created in his image, Genesis 1 and verse 27, and Hebrews 12 and 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? That's Hebrews 12 and verse 9. Paul explains to the Athenians that their own poets have confessed such knowledge and even made these very statements in a hymn to Zeus by Cleanthes, and all and all things need help of Zeus, for we too are his offspring. Paul quotes from Greek literature on two other occasions in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33, Do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. And Titus 1 verse 12, One of them, a prophet of their own, own said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. <laughs> Titus 1 verse 12. Paul shows, therefore, an acquaintance with Greek literature. He demonstrates that he had studied and retained in memory certain passages. Paul was fully equipped to stand before a variety of individuals and groups. Are we? Verse 29. We ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold. The Athenians were in error by erecting statues and temples for their idol gods. God is spirit, John 4 and verse 24. Paul associates the offspring of God with God, the Godhead, Theos, divinity, deity, the identity of deity can only be ascertained through the visible creation. Romans 1 and verse 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son. Divine Revelations, Galatians 1, verse 11 and 12. I made known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Exodus 3 and verse 14. God described himself to Moses by saying, I am who I am. Let us simply look to ourselves, the offspring of God, who are living proof that God is, to creation and to revelation to know God. Verse 30. Paul, he commands men that they should all everywhere repent. Though the Athenians had no 
prior knowledge of Christ, they nonetheless were responsible for lawful living that God innately gave their conscience. Now, however, God demand, demands man's repentance. In the Greek, to undergo a change in frame of mind and feeling, to repent in order to make a change of principle and practice, to reform. Paul challenges the Athenians and us to undergo a change, a change of mind based on the hearing of revelation and attentive discernment to the will of God the Father. Those who do not bow their knees to Jesus now will at the judgment, Romans 14 and verse 11. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. And note Philippians 2 and verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those under the earth. Verse 31 in our study, Because he, Jehovah God, the sovereign creator, of man and all there is, who demands that man seek him and repent, has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. To give assurance or guarantee of man's final judgment, salvation or condemnation, is the reality that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and witnessed in the resurrected state by many. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 and following. Just as sure as Christ was raised from the dead, even so there will assuredly come a day when man is judged by the Lord. When that day comes, no man knows, but it will come. Note Matthew 25, verses 31 and following. And when, and let, notice in our lesson, verse 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. As with all men, those who are confronted with the truth of the gospel and do not respond in faith have no guarantee of a second chance. As Hebrews 3 and verse 15 says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Paul's message to the philosophers on Mars Hill that day ended with a call to repentance and acceptance of the two fundamental truths of Scripture that Paul and all subsequent preachers and teachers are committed to proclaim. The crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This lesson is yours. Thank you for being a part of this study. I pray that something has been said that is both edifying and uplifting. Next week's lesson comes from Acts chapter 20, verses 18 through 36. And the title is, Paul Exhorts the Ephesian Elders. Let's pray for one another. 
our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Father, we approach your throne of grace with awesome wonder at your power, your majesty, your extraordinary long-suffering on our behalf. We thank you, Father, for your love, for the love in that you sent your only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, to this low ground of sorrow, to sojourn among us, to heal and feed the multitudes in need, to teach and preach your word in a New Testament of faith. We thank you for all the many blessings you have and continue to bestow upon us as we, as we seek thy will and thy way, Father. Please forgive us of any trespasses we have committed since the last time we were together. As we repent and seek a closer walk with you, Father. We pray for those who do not know you yet. We pray for the space and time to seek them out and bring them to you before it is everlasting and eternally too late, Father, for that is our great commission. We pray for the sick and the shut-in. We pray for the bereaved, the poor in spirit, the unhoused and the destitute among us. Let us all, let us all give those things to you that are yours. To, to do unto one another as you would have us do, Father. Uh, let, us, let us do those things that help us to continue to be called your children and for you to call us, for us to call you our Father. These and all other blessings and favors we ask for in the most gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, friends, thank you for your support. Let us reach out in love and practice acts of kindness one to another. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Give all the glory to God. Count it all joy. Stay safe. Bye for now.